right, Daryl Ryder coming your way. Before we get to Daryl, I heard Phil just wants to be really nice. And you know what? I feel like I need to – I, I kind of want to hear someone be really nice to me. Is that okay? It's a little self-serving, but I, I kind of like I like where your head is at. Hello, Phil. How are you tonight? Hey, JP. What's going on, brother? What's up, man? Oh, not too much, man. I was listening to the national show on CBS Sports Radio locally here, uh, 92.3 The Fan. Good man. And I believe you had a segment about Brock Purdy. Yeah, yeah. Man, dude, you absolutely killed it, dude. I'm not necessarily sold on Brock Purdy, but I'll tell you, man, that was one of the most interesting segments I've heard in sports radio in a long time. The calls were great. The take was great. JP, you're killing it, man. You're one of my favorite hosts here in Cleveland, dude. You are absolutely crushing it. Phil. That being said. Phil. You make me blush. Yeah. Oh, wait. I didn't know there was a butt coming. I thought this was all oh, just being nice. That being said, I was so but, excited. Okay. I, I was just going to say, but the Browns defense is going to keep crushing it. I'm not ah. completely sold on Deshaun. <laughs> okay. Not completely sold on Deshaun. But Browns are playoff bound, baby. Like, keep killing it. it. Cleveland is on top of the map, baby. Thank you, JP, for what you do. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate you, man. You see, it did. It felt good. It felt good. I hope you guys, you can always go back and you can listen to everything I do. And I hope you catch out the CBS Sports Radio shows. We got in a really big, deep Brock Purdy take. I'm happy Phil appreciated it. And uh, without further ado, let's get to the fan focus. I almost did the really lame radio guy thing that they always do in those moments. It's like, oh, Phil, checks in the mail, buddy. Checks in the mail. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't. It's not me. Uh, we start off with Ken and Lima as the two of them discuss Elijah Moore. Does our coaching staff think Elijah Moore is maybe a different, a different player than he truly is? Do you think they're forcing it? He is getting a lot you of touches that I would start to probably use on some other guys. Already three games in? Like, I see him with the ball in his hands, and I get really excited with the ball in his hands. I'm not sure. Like, I, I wonder, the way they're using him is if they think he is special. But I don't know that I've seen any evidence in his career of special. Well, he was with he was with the Jets for two years, mm-hmm. and people were already showing, was it Garrett Wilson was yelling at his position coach? Or no, Michael Carter was yelling at his position coach, and I guess they showed Garrett Wilson jawing on the sidelines with Zach Wilson the other day. And it was, well, this is what Elijah Moore left with the New York Jets. And that's that's terrible for the New York Jets. Sucks to be them, but i got to use Elijah Moore in our offense. i got to admit, I'm surprised by how many gadget plays they've already used Elijah Moore with. Like, is he a guy, is he a true number two guy, or is he a tweener that they're trying to find a spot for? Or, and tweener can be used as a bad word, obviously. It always is a, used as a bad word. It's yeah. never been a good word. But you, but you have a guy like Brandon Ayuk. And other guys in the NFL who are seen as quote who used to be seen as quote unquote tweeners who are guys that can be used in the backfield guys that can be used as multi weapon guys. They put it Cordell this way. Patterson, a guy who was a well, Elijah he's a Moore. bigger body guy, but I mean he's been lined up as running back the last Should couple years. Should Elijah Moore have more touches through three games than Amari Cooper? Because he does. Yes, he, he has seven more touches through three games. I would say no. Hey, I mean he definitely shouldn't. Amari Cooper should be the leader in touches by a, a decent amount. But I like that they're treating him like he's special. I like that they've zeroed in on Elijah Moore being the number two, and they're not really moving off of that. There's identities that are forming within this offense, and I, I like that for this Browns team. I really do. But I also love the idea that when it comes to Elijah Moore, week one, the biggest play Deshaun Watson had was involving Elijah Moore. 
And then you saw what happened in week three. He had the fumble, obviously. That's not great. Very similar to Jerome Ford a couple weeks ago as well. You're like, those are one-offs. I'm not going to sweat that. I'm not going to worry about that one. You just put your head down and we keep going. I like Elijah Moore in this offense more than I thought I would, despite, at this point, a lack of what a lot of people, I would believe, would think production relative to what they expected. I think it's going to work out in the long term. I really do. All right, next up. It's Keith, it's Nick, and it's Dustin on Adele being a Browns fan. Every song sounds the same. I said that she was like, to me, she's like the female version of Nickelback. That every song starts to sound Look the same. At this I mean, not the same style of music. I'm saying that it seems to me like every song of hers sounds the same as every I other mean, song. I mean, I think of you've hers. only Just heard like, like two Adele songs. Yeah. Um, Are you serious? Probably because I, I'm not a big fan. Okay. In fairness, I don't think the I, I do think a lot of her music sounds very similar. It's slow, so, so dramatic. But like, so you agree? She's got an insane voice. Yeah. Like. like like top I'm ten not of all saying, time. I'm not saying that she doesn't have a great voice in terms of like, yes, she would win like an American Idol contest, something like that. Yes, I think she'd do she more has than an that. unbelievable voice. <laughs> I'm just American Idol. She's guys, you're not. You are burying you're not Adele listening, right You're now. not listening to what I'm saying, Dustin. As typical, I'm saying she <laughs> has an amazing personal. voice. I'm not questioning her voice. I am personally not I'm a fan. A tiki Barber and walk out of the I, studio now. Friday fails here. We'll I get just, plenty of it. I just love that Keith is getting pissed and defensive. Over his Adele. Over Adele, guys. Over Adele. It's not over over, sports. It's over Adele. No, it's over Adele is Nickelback. That's the take, and you're defending it, then I appreciate you committing to it. Adele is my Nickelback, yeah. But (laughs) your Nickelback, okay. But comparable to Nickelback by anybody else, you are definitely. All right, Dustin, here's what I'm saying. The I'm voice, listening, bro. The voice is incredible. I'm not saying that she doesn't have a good voice. He's quiet. You said you don't like her voice. I'm not a fan of her music. Do you like her voice? She's got a beautiful voice. I'm not a fan of the music. I'm not a fan of her voice and her music. That's a little flip-flop since the pre-show. It's a lima, isn't it? It, 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 He's tweaking his take to make it. The slippery assassin. It is played in the office space, and I have closed my door. (laughs) In this situation, you would rather have Taylor Swift represent Brown's fandom than Adele? She's the biggest thing in in the entertainment industry. So you're a front-runner. Taylor's just so wet under her breath. (laughs) Taylor's not a big fan. Not All a big right. fan, I could tell. Okay, we're, we're going to open this up. 216-474-0092. I think Adele fits Cleveland better than She's only than won 16 Cleveland. Grammys. Yeah, that's because she's like Nickelback. has been nominated six times. <laughs> All right, even better than the audio was, was Michael reacting. <laughs> I could see. Michael's a musician, okay? Uh, Michael, I, okay. How wrong was Keith? Okay, so, I mean, he comes right out of the gate, right, dissing Adele like that, saying all the music sounds the same. <laughs> and then he compares them to Nickelback and disses Nickelback for saying all the music sounds the same. Yeah, That's yeah. the one Nickelback song that I'm not really too fond of. Photograph, that, that, that one? It, a little, yeah. The one like everyone knows? Yeah, I like a lot of their music, JP, just not that one. Okay. Uh, I went really high-pitched for their, uh, we'll get this photograph, by the way. <laughs> That's okay, I, I usually wanna, sing I in wanna, falsetto, too. I didn't want to attempt to sing, so I went really, really high-pitched to make it not seem like I was singing in the Came out worse. I am willing to bet that Keith has only heard the hits. He's a radio guy. You just hear what's played on the radio. He doesn't know. I, he doesn't know any of Just for you, Keith, we're ending with my ending the show with my favorite Adele song. Oh, I like that. I don't know what song that's going to be. It probably be me, the guy that actually. I just I like the hits. I'm a hits guy. When it with Adele, I'm a hits guy. But I like it though. I know it's good. And it's okay to be a hits guy. It just don't form your late your entire opinion of an artist based on only having heard three here's, songs. Here's what I respect about Adele, okay? 
I respect, obviously she's a great singer and all that. I respect that she works for like six months and then takes off for six years. I love that about her. Taylor's working. She's doing all these different things. She's constantly in the limelight. She's doing all that. Adele, she works really hard for six months and you don't see her for six years. I think it's incredible what she does. She's sitting pretty with that Vegas residency. Yeah, she's good. She's good. She doesn't need anything more than that. She just, she knows she has a boatload of cash. She's already in the, you know, anyone that matters in the music scene respects her. It doesn't worry about the Keith Britons of the world. And uh, she's good. Yeah, it's great. All right, Baskin and Phelps on Terry Francona. They're going to have a video presentation. I'm sure they're going to, I'm assuming guitar, because everyone assumes guitar uh, when we have a big retirement thing come through here. Um, but I think he's a little more special than that. So it'll be interesting to see what the Guardians do for him uh, tomorrow. And uh, I don't, I, we're not expecting him to give a speech or anything. I can't. It just doesn't, it was weird. It's like, you know, Zach said, it's it's a little bit awkward. A little bit awkward. And I, yeah, like, I guess the, so. the highlight of it was getting so close to winning the World Series in those 11 years. Oh, the Cubs. It sucks. I'm still a little angry about it, but I'm not angry about the ride that this team took uh, with Terry Francona. And, you know, we were just talking in the break. There's a lot of uncertainty around the franchise moving forward, but I do think for the next 24 hours it is time to celebrate a guy who not only has invested his baseball life for the last 11 years here in Cleveland, but he's also reinvested in the city with, you know, he's got the little pizza place now downtown, and there's a, another restaurant coming in. Uh, that he's involved in, so I mean, he is—he's definitely become a part and and a part of the fabric of our community. Yeah, and it's not phony either. What I love about Tito is that if you, if you listen to anything um, from his days in Boston, he still does all the Jimmy Fun stuff. He's he's back for every charitable endeavor in Boston. Like it's—he's not going anywhere. I mean, he's going everywhere from our day-to-day lives, but he's not going anywhere. By the way, I ripped L.A. De La Cruz in the eight o'clock hour. He's now just hit his second home run of the day. Still not good relative to what we thought he was going to be, based off the conversations we were having three months ago. But uh, two homers tonight for L.A. De La Cruz. All right. Lima and Ken deal with a caller. Jamie, downtown, you're next up on the fan. I don't know what this guy is, Lima. Yeah, Ken, you my favorite. I got love for you. But that dude next to you, man, he always trying to take shots at Deshaun. Oh. Or he always saying now Amari Cooper wasn't going to score touchdown. What did he be watching? Now, I was, wait a minute. I, I was don't watching know a defensive player who he tried to make two moves on. He couldn't shake. Him. I don't Dude, know. Are you the only one that was watching the game? I don't, we I don't know. What did you? What did you at see? A full speed. I just watched it this morning again at a full and speed. And you saw he the DB. You saw down. the DB. He tried to put two. Hold on. Want to hate on you saw him make two moves, and then the DB was right there. He hung up. <laughs> Why did he hang up? Now wait a minute. And as far as Watson, as far as Watson goes. I said he played a great game this week. I'm always taking shots at Watson. I was the guy in town demanding that they trade for Watson when we went to the playoffs. Okay, so the guy that's always taking shots at Deshaun, how about the guy on the radio who was asking for them to get rid of Baker and to go replace him with Watson, which I got killed by everybody at the time. on social media. I mean, it's out there. We record the shows. We record the shows. All the audio is out there. Yeah, you can't call in and then yell uh, yell at him and, and accuse him of things and then tiki barber the conversation where you just get up and leave. You take your ball and go home. You can't just do that. You call in. You can give the props to Ken. That's nice. But if you're gonna go at Lima, you gotta you gotta stay firm. You gotta put your feet in the ground. You gotta if you come after him, you gotta make sure you stay after him. Can't be hanging up. Come on, that's weak. It's weak. Stay in there until they give you the sweet chin music. That's what I would do. All right, Nick and Dustin on the running back situation. 
running the football in the NFL when you don't have Nick Chubb is as much about your offensive lineman thinking it, your running backs feeling confident in what they're being asked to do, and everybody having designed spots. Like honestly, that's why San Francisco is a juggernaut because when you have when you're balancing Jeff Wilson Jr. and Elijah Mitchell, both guys know their role. They know how they're going to be used. I think it's right there with Kareem and Jerome. I think together, in the aggregate, you can't replace Nick Chubb, but can they replace the numbers on the ground game? Yeah, but that starts with Kevin Stefanski. And I think Kevin has shown you, like Zach Taylor has in Cincy, that when the you-know-what hits the fan, his impulse is to throw the ball all over the yard and forget about running. And I think without Nick Chubb to tether you to reality, that is kind of a fear offensively that I need washed away over the next four to six weeks. I'll tell you, you've been in the run against uh, San Francisco – your ass is coming home. Actually, that's a home game. You're losing that game. Parts I agree with, parts I disagree with. I agree that a running game matters, but I also look around the NFL, and I think if it's Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt, that's good enough. If it's Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt, we can do what some of these other teams have done. You don't need to have an elite back back there. Obviously, it's better if you do. The same way it's better if you have an elite right guard as opposed to not having an elite right guard. It's obviously better to have elite talent than not. But... You can make the ingredients, you can make the meal you need to make with the ingredients that you currently have. If a deep postseason run is the meal you're going for, you got all the ingredients you need right there. What the Browns currently have. And that is the fan focus. We come on back. What does Daryl Ryder think about that and more? 